Welcome to the Purple Butterfly Podcast. I am Danielle Turner, licensed clinical social worker, self-care advocate, best-selling author, and your host of the Purple Butterfly Podcast. This is a weekly wellness podcast I created to help you learn tricks, tips, and tools for self-care, mental health, and overall wellness in order to help you achieve a happy and healthy life of clarity and balance. Self-care is not selfish, it is necessary. That is why I am here to help you get back on track and back into the game with lessons learned, tips, education, and knowledge from my amazing guests. So sit back and relax as we take a journey into the Purple Butterfly. Welcome to the Butterfly Corner. This is your girl, Danielle. In the Butterfly Corner, I give you tips, tools, ideas, and education on the topic of the week. This week, my guest is Jessica, who is a dating and self-worth coach that helps women who are in the dating world to meet their ideal partner. One thing that myself and Jessica talk about is dating yourself and making yourself a priority with self-care, whether in a relationship or not. The same way that you would want someone to treat you is how you should be treating yourself. Dating yourself can look like taking yourself out to dinner, buying yourself something nice, learning something new, writing yourself a love letter, anything that's pouring into yourself by doing the things that you enjoy. Even buying yourself flowers, which is something I like to do for myself. Self-care while single is important so that you are already in the routine of taking care of yourself so that you can continue to prioritize yourself within a relationship. When you date yourself, you boost your confidence. You also don't depend on anyone else for your happiness. You really get to know yourself better and build on your self-love. It also can lead to personal growth, especially if you're learning a new skill or learning something new. And definitely remember, you cannot get to know someone else, truly know someone else if you don't truly know yourself. If you have a healthy relationship with yourself, you tend to also have healthy relationships with others. So remember, self-care is not selfish and have a great day on purpose and add some self-care to jazz up your day. Be a part of the Purple Butterfly community that has been created to help support women with self-care by becoming a sponsor. We have sponsorship packages available that will help increase your business visibility. If you are looking for a partnership with a team approach that will further grow your business while helping your customers learn the value of self-care, a sponsorship with the Purple Butterfly podcast is what you need. For more information on sponsorship opportunities and or to be a guest to discuss your field of expertise in self-care, email me at podcast at interullc.com. So welcome. Today I have Jessica Ludgren. Hi, Jessica. How are you? I'm doing really good. I'm excited to be here, Danielle. I'm excited you're here too. So Jessica is a dating and self-worth coach that helps women re-enter the dating world after a long time with clarity and confidence so she can meet her quality man. I love it. Absolutely love it. All right, Jessica, let's just jump into it. I got to know. <laughs> Why, as women, do we keep attracting these unemotionally attached or unemotionally available 
non-committal men? It's a great question. And it's actually one that I have was asking myself for many, 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 many years. <laughs> I think it's one that a lot of us can resonate with. Mm-hmm. So first I just want to say, you know, if this is you, like you're not alone, mm-hmm. there's no need to, you know, judge or shame yourself. It really comes down to a number of factors. The first is your mindset. You know, what are your beliefs about yourself? Mm-hmm. What are your beliefs? about dating relationships love what are your beliefs about men right like if you believe that you're unworthy of love or you don't deserve to experience this deep soul love that you have to continue to give and give and give of yourself in order to receive this love Mm. you're gonna attract a man who is not gonna love you because that's what you believe you deserve right Mm -hmm. and that was my story I unconsciously believed that I was unlovable and I had to first uncover that, like become aware that that was actually a belief. First step, right? <laughs> first step, right? Definitely. And then I had to take the steps on rewiring it, changing mm-hmm. that belief. And it's a process mm-hmm. and learning to love yourself, right? The good, the bad, the ugly of yourself, learning to forgive yourself for the mistakes that you've made in the past. So yeah, the first thing is beliefs. If you believe that men are pigs and they're out to get you or that they only want one thing, that's the thing I hear a lot. Men only want one thing. Well, chances are you're going to attract men who only want one thing. One thing, right? (laughs) Yeah. So it's kind of a hard pill to swallow, but it's an important one to really become aware of that our external reality is a direct reflection of what's going on inside of us. And that could be beliefs, it could be past experiences. And so really like just taking a time out from dating and really like focusing on yourself is so huge. Another reason that we attract unhealthy non-committal partners and this is another big one is because of an experience that we've had in our past whether it's with our mother or father or guardian where we were not given what we needed whether it was abuse or trauma or neglect abandonment maybe you had the best parents and they did everything that they could they they raised you the best way they knew how And yet they still weren't there for you emotionally to help you process your emotions, to help you, you know, to love you in the way that you feel loved the most. Then oftentimes we attract partners to try and fill that hole. Mm -hmm. So, you know, if you had a father who didn't tell you that he loved you and was present in the home, but was really quiet and didn't express to you how he loved you, then oftentimes we find men who are similar to that. And we want to try and prove to ourselves through that, through that man, we can get the love that we earn the love. So those are two really big reasons of like why we continue to attract unhealthy, non-committal men. And the encouraging part is that it's something that you can fix, right? It's something that you can work on. So it's not your experience anymore. I can't think of that saying it just popped in my head where they're like, you're going to meet someone just like your mother. Is that what they always say? Right. Something like that. So 
I believe it. I mean, it's true. <laughs> so it's just when you are talking about if your your dad was quieter, you're you tend to find individuals that are similar to your parents. And maybe that is a piece of trying to fill that void, you know, yeah. instead of that saying is more about you're going to meet someone that's like your parent, but in a good way. So maybe, right. I just thought about it may not be such a, in a good way. It could, it could have a negative connotation under, under it. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think too, if you had really great parents and you and they were great role models, then it, it helps it helps you to understand, you know, what is a relationship actually supposed to look like and feel like. Right. Do you feel like that issue too? Because now that you said that, that just popped in my mind that if we don't have a model or we don't know what like a healthy relationship is supposed to look like, then we may be looking for the wrong thing. Absolutely. Yeah. We attract what we know and what we're comfortable with. Mm -hmm. So, you know, if all you know is fighting and arguments, then that is exactly what you are going to gravitate towards because that's all you know. And so that's where one awareness comes into play. And then two, just like, okay, this is not how I want my relationship to be. This is not how it has to be. So how can I grow myself? What do I need to learn in order to not fall back into that pattern. I am a hundred percent believer in generational patterns Mm -hmm. and habits that get passed down Mm -hmm. from generation to generation. And, Mm -hmm. you know, you can be the one who says no more, like it doesn't have this. Exactly. I I agree with that. And sometimes you don't even know that you're doing something like a parent. Um, Exactly. Yeah. Right. You're not aware. So even going back to when you talk about awareness, even if you're aware and you say, you know what, I don't want to be in a relationship where there's fighting or yelling or whatever it may be. And now I'm in a relationship that that's not that it may not be comfortable. And so I make self-sabotage. Yeah. Right. Or definitely kind of run away from it, not really be open and, and vulnerable and all those things I need to be because it's uncomfortable. And I don't know what this is, even though I know yeah. this is what I want, I don't know how to handle it. And so I think we tend to go back to what we know which is the arguing, the fighting, because unfortunately, even though it's not a good situation, it's a comfortable situation. Right. A hundred percent. Yeah. And that's where, you know, having a mentor, coach or therapist to, you know, once you get to that place where you're in a healthy relationship, helping you work through the discomfort of like, I'm actually in a good place. A lot of times, you know, when someone's come out of trauma or they have a pattern of being in unhealthy relationships, we actually unconsciously get addicted to the up and down emotional roller coaster of being in that type of relationship. And so our first healthy relationship where there's not this high up and this high low, it's kind of feels boring or it feels, you know, we don't get the excitement and the thrill of it. And it's really learning how to move through that because it's kind of a sign of like you're in a safe relationship like you're in a healthy relationship how can you work through that and shift your mind to understand that this is actually something that's good for you right right I totally agree so what would you say would kind of be the first steps in helping to change our mindset well I guess one being aware so once we're aware of any limiting beliefs that we have how would you say, what do we do next? 
Okay. So I know that this is who I am. I know this is what I don't want. I know I got to focus on myself. How do I do that? There's no easy pill. (laughs) There's no magic solution. You know, I think we want there to be where it's just like, oh, I'm aware of it. Now it's changed. And it's not like that. Mm -hmm. It is deciding every single day, every single moment that you see yourself falling in, you know, telling yourself this negative belief or, you know, going down the mousetrap of like, I'm never going to find a guy. I'm never going to find a guy or I'm not good enough or I don't deserve love. It's like catching yourself and going time out. No, that's my old truth. That is not what I'm believing anymore. And replacing it with what your new truth is. That's step number one. It's like when, when you decide you want to get fit and healthy, you don't go to the gym once, right? And all of a sudden you have the muscles. It's a commitment. It's a commitment to the process and trusting that as you continue to do it, you may not see immediate results Mm -hmm. in the first few weeks, but you know, after the first few months, like it's going to get easier to, to believe that this is actually your new truth. You're really, you know, rewiring your brain. And if this has been a belief that you've had for 10, 20, 30, 50 years, Mm -hmm. it's not going to take two months just to replace it. And so I think the next step is just having grace on yourself Mm -hmm. and patience and trusting the process. And then the third thing is just a lot of times it's, you know, we, we continue to tell ourselves the same story over and over and over again. So, you know, if your story is, is that like, you know, I really want to be in a relationship, but every time I get into a relationship, I lose my independence. I get smothered. You know, people don't see me for who I am. If that's the story you continue to go to, then you're not going to get excited about dating. You're not going to find a man who actually gives you you know, the space that you need. And if you do, like you said, you're probably going to self-sabotage it because it's not comfortable. So it's really, it's becoming aware of your beliefs, the story that you're telling yourself, and then, you know, staying committed to catching your every time you do that. That's just like the first step. There's so much more. There's so many tools and techniques that you can do, you know, to not just heal your mind and rewire your mind, but also your body. You know, you have to let the emotion out you have to let it be released through your body. And so there's, there's a big connection that a lot of people are talking about in this day and age about body, mind connection and healing through both. Mm -hmm. It sounds like being intentional and being consistent is key and being patient with yourself is definitely key. One of the things you also talked about was focusing on yourself and For me, what that brings up for me is that self-care and making ourselves Mm -hmm. a priority through the process, because I also feel like if you're doing that, then you won't lose yourself when you get into that relationship, because it's going to enhance you. It's not going to be your one priority because you're your first priority. And then that person's going to come in and enhance what you're already doing. So do you tell your clients, that self-care is important and it's something that they need to be doing, or I should say should be doing. Absolutely. Self-care and self-worth is one of the five pillars in my methodology, the core five. Every time you get into a relationship, it kind of changes the dynamics of yourself. So like if you're so used to being in a pattern of not taking care of yourself, not putting yourself first, not laying down the boundaries, you can be working on it 
you know, for a month or two months and feel really strong. And then you start dating again. And then you, you see, you see yourself start to fall back into Mm -hmm. old ways. And so it's really just a matter of, again, having patience with yourself and acknowledging saying, whoa, 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 Mm -hmm. this is my old way, right? This is how I'm moving forward in, in my new person in my, you know, in my spirit and my soul, this is how I want to be moving forward. And so I think a lot of times we have the expectation that if we work on it, you know, and we arrive, it's like done. And that's not at all the case. Like I've been working on my own self-worth and my self-love and self-care for over 10 years. And I still get triggered. I still recognize where I, you know, get defensive at someone or I get jealous. And it's because of ultimately going back to a belief that I have about, you know, not being good enough or, you know, questioning my worth. And so it's just an ongoing process. Mm -hmm. It never ends. Right. Well, I feel it's like with growth, like you, you're always growing. So you're going to have to continuously work on yourself, especially in those limited beliefs, because like you said, something might trigger, it might pop back up. If you're continuously working on it, I feel like when it pops up, it's easier to handle than if you say, oh, I'm good. I don't have to do this anymore. I'm not working on anything. Then when they pop yeah. back up, it's kind of like you're almost back at square one to a degree. You know? Right. Yeah. I think that the self-care piece is really important just overall in general. And part of that for me is being able to date yourself. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so a lot of times we don't want to date ourselves. So if I don't want to go out with me, then why would you want to go out with me? You know, if oh, I don't know the point. things that I'd like, then how can I say to you, hey, let's have a date and you say, let's go to the museum. And I don't like museums, but I just go along, you know, instead of being able to say, well, I'm not a big fan of museums, but hey, let's go to, I don't know, the circus instead. Right. So I feel like dating yourself, getting to know yourself is very important when you're looking at relationships and dating other people, because you have to know yourself before you can know someone else. Totally agree. Yeah. Yeah. And I think another thing too, is that goes along with dating yourself is being okay, being alone, like understanding and being comfortable with the fact, because you hear so oftentimes people that are married that still feel lonely. Yes. So if your desire to get into relationship is so you have, you know, this like companionship all the time, and you think that you're never going to feel lonely when you're with someone, then, you know, you're setting yourself up because it's just not the case. The biggest tool that you can have is learning how to meet your needs on your own. And Mm -hmm. that includes self-care. It includes, you know, learning how you can navigate feeling lonely or any emotion really, you know, how do you, how, how can I navigate the anger, the embarrassment, the rejection, like all of it in a way that is healthy. And once you get to a place where you have these tools and you've grown in that way, then it's a lot easier to come into a relationship with someone who is equally grown, who has tools as well, where you can co-create a healthy relationship. Mm-hmm. All right. So I feel like the takeaways for me is being intentional, being consistent, being patient with yourself, trusting the process and continuously growing and learning and unrewiring those limited beliefs, as well as really taking care of yourself. 
Yeah, I would say that is like the first step. <laughs> the first step, the beginning. Dating, you know, like before you even want to get back into the dating world, like that is where the focus is. And then once you feel like, you know, secure in yourself and confident in your worth and value, and you know that, you know, you deserve to be loved, not because of what you do or how you give, but just because of who you are, like, then you start moving into the next phase of dating, which is putting yourself out there, getting vulnerable, learning how to communicate and express your needs, laying down boundaries in a way that is, you know, loving and men can understand what it is that you're saying. And those are all skills. Those are all things that you can learn by practice. And once you, you know, start dating and evaluating and really, you know, asking yourself, you know, what's a good fit? What am I looking for? How do I feel after this date? You find someone and then you get into a committed relationship and then you're, you're in a whole nother chapter, (laughs) you know, stuff, right? So it's, it's a journey. You're always learning. You're always growing. You're never failing because you can always gain something from every experience. Right. Right. I love it. Great conversation. So As you know, I'm a self-care person. That's my thing. So with you advocating for all these women, right, that you're helping and coaching to take care of themselves, what does Jessica do for herself? What does self-care look like for you? So I'm a single mom. (laughs) I'm also in the dating world. So for me, self-care is really being on my own. Really, I feel most reconnected and rejuvenated when I'm out in nature when I'm, you know, smelling and hearing and seeing like trees and fresh air and running water. So for me, that's, you know, one of the biggest avenues of self-care. There's so many though, Mm -hmm. eating healthy, working out, journaling. Mm -hmm. I journal a lot, reading books to, you know, fill my brain with, you know, positive, empowering stuff, prayer, that's another really big self-care thing for me. And then just community, you know, having mm-hmm. relationships that really pour into me. Cause if you're, you know, giving of yourself, you know, whether you're a mom or in a career, or an older family adult that needs you or whatever the case may be, you're pouring out, pouring out, pouring mm-hmm. out. And it's like, you need to pour into yourself too, mm-hmm. in order to continue. And that's the same thing in a relationship, right? Like, if you're pouring out to someone and you're pouring out to someone and you guys both are doing it mutually, you have to be able to fill yourself again in order to keep showing up. Right. And that's over and over again. Exactly showing up. So thank you so much for coming in to talk with us about this dating world. It can be tough to navigate sometimes, but yes, definitely taking these keys, you know, ladies with you and using them. I think is important. And, you know, I would say if anyone is out there and they need some help, reach out to Jessica. She definitely can can coach you through the process. I will definitely have all your information in the show notes. So if anyone wants to reach out to you, they definitely can. And I'm thankful that you stopped in today and greatly appreciate you. Well, thank you for having me. It's been so fun. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Purple Butterfly Podcast and a special thank you to my guests. Join me weekly to continue the conversation about self-care 
overall wellness, mental health, and so much more. If you're interested in learning more about self-care and overall wellness, be sure to check out InnerU Clinical Services, LLC on both Instagram and Facebook, as well as my website, www.innerullc.com. You can also find me on LinkedIn at Danielle Turner. Until next time, remember, self-care is not selfish. It is necessary. Make yourself a priority and take care of you.